0: I'm Nurse Jessica Seitz, along with Nurse Erica. We're Nurses Uncorked, the podcast that takes nursing facts with nursing comedy and makes a little cocktail out of it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Nurses Uncorked. Uh, This is Nurse Jessica Seitz, your host, along with my co-host, Nurse Erica, the lovely Nurse Erica. And we have a special guest with us today that I'm super excited about. So without saying who he is, I'm going to give a little intro and see if you guys can figure out who we have on today. Um, This gentleman is a world-renowned psychic medium, stars of such hit TV shows as Crossing Over and John Edward Cross Country, Um, a New York Times bestselling author of many books, I hope I've done my homework good here, Um, has uh, read for many celebrities, um, has sat down with Oprah, Kim Kardashian, uh, just to say the least, and in my mind is one of the most accomplished and amazing psychic mediums ever of all time. And I am so excited and thankful to have John Edward on our podcast today. Thank you, John, for joining us. How was that intro, John? Thank you.
1: That was amazing. Jessica, Erica, yes. thank you so much for having me. I, 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 I'm I, very happy to be here and, and listen to the conversation and be a part of it. And I come out of healthcare, so this feels like I'm coming home.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we know love that. that you have a background in healthcare. Phlebotomy, right?
1: I did. Well, so while I was getting – I was in an accelerated program for getting a master's degree where it was like a hybrid of doing your bachelor's and your master's for – healthcare and public administration. Um, okay. And I decided that I wanted to, you know, get my foot in the door of the hospital. And I started working as a phlebotomist in the lab. Loved it, absolutely loved the patient care. And then came the decision like, I got to make this transition into administration. So I moved over to another department that was more admin and then moved into the IT department and absolutely hated it. Like, right. I missed the <laughs> I course. missed the patient interaction, um, in such a such a big way. But yeah, my background is is in healthcare, so it's like my behind the scenes passion. And you know, during the pandemic, when I was expressing concerns about people's health and safety and well being, and kind of a hybrid of my intuitive side meeting my my logical trained side, I had a lot of people tell me like, you know, you need to stay in your lane and just like you, know, you just talk to dead people. And um, people got a chance to see a very different side of me where I was <laughs> not as spiritual as one might might gather because I started amplifying and kind of trying to help boost some of the uh, folks that were trying to raise awareness when it came to healthcare.
2: I've heard some of those. Uh, in fact, you did a podcast uh, at the beginning of the year for New Year's and you made some 2023 predictions that were spot on. And really kind of centered on healthcare workers, which we so appreciate.
0: Yes. I Uh, I know you
2: said COVID is not over. This was 10 months ago. You made that prediction. Yep. And you said nurses and healthcare workers are rising up. We're not gonna Mm -hmm. take care of 50 patients anymore. It's all about the number of patients, and that we will eventually win because we're putting humanity first. I can't tell you how much I love that. And You're absolutely right. We have seen an unprecedented amount of nursing strikes, for example. We are rising up, and I I hope that your latter prediction is true with putting humanity
1: first. I think that's the need, and you're you're referring to the Maria Menounos podcast that I did in January, and I literally, Erica, just said the other day, I go, wow, it's like I'm surprised people haven't brought up some of the stuff that I had said. Not that I was not from an egotistical standpoint, but just like from a like this is ha- like happened, like it's happening. You know, I said it was going to be a year of accountability and I feel like people in the world of celebrity are also being held accountable in various different places like people don't care about your Louis Vuitton bag or your, you know, fashion right. show or they don't really care about the the things that they did because we're having real everyday humanity type issues that are taking place so thank you thank you for actually saying that and um i i do believe that we have to put humanity first and that's where that was coming from
2: yeah i was very impressed with that you also said don't fall for the empathy manipulation which is a term that i use all the time when i'm coaching nurses because that is actually something that we are accosted with on a daily basis (laughs) the empathy manipulation i love that you get it Mm -hmm.
1: well I, i experienced it so i completely understand i I used to suffer, so I'll, I'll, I'll take the two worlds and bring it together. Um, I suffered from strep throat throughout my childhood. I mean, it was an ongoing thing that strep throat was something that was a really big deal for me. And they didn't know why. They were trying to figure out why did he keep getting this? Like, where was this coming from? Should we take his tonsils? Should we not take his tonsils? And, you know, pen VK 500 was like, you know, it was like, here's your script. Like, this is how it would go. When I was working in the hospital... The lab manager at the time was a woman named Marianne. And she said, you know, I, I feel like it's important that we get them out. She says, because you're always struggling with this. She goes, so you come in in the morning, do the morning rounds. She says that I'll walk you over to day op. She says, and you can then, you know, you can get the tonsils out in day op."
2: Just like and that. And I looked
1: at her J- just like that. But wow. the level of, the <laughs> level of, I need you to do the six and seven o'clock blood draws first. And then we'll then we'll get you over to day op Was like the priority was making sure because I was fast, so Mm -hmm. it was like taking me out of the rotation would be bad. So I was like, yeah, no, I think I'm going to keep my tonsils. But thank you for your compassion. Like, thank you for that. I'm
0: surprised they even wanted to give you the time to do that. Normally they'd hang in there, hang in.
1: Yeah, I made the joke, and I was like, day off. Yeah. I was like, do you want me to come back for 1,600 or 1,800 rounds? Or like, am I good? Can I go home after, the, after, I, after I get up my tonsils?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kept
1: them, by the way. But psychically, um, this is the area, your throat chakra is where actually clairaudience comes in. It's where information that you're getting psychically can come in. And when I met a, a medium by the name of Robert Brown, who's from London, and he said to me, he goes, oh, he goes, you're very clairaudient. And I went, I am. He goes. well, oh, Those strep throats must have been a bitch for you growing up. And I was oh, like, that's oh, wow. crazy. Yeah, I
0: I had that. I got my tonsils out actually um, in my early thirties. Finally, because mm. I just it it continued for me. I was always either they would say between strep throat or tonsillitis. That was constantly my two diagnoses all the time. But back then they were so hesitant to take your tonsils out. Like they really, you know, they they wanted to keep them in there to help fight off infection, which obviously it wasn't doing. But um, yeah. Yeah, I can totally relate with that for sure.
1: No, I I just wanted to just to put a, a period of theirs. I think that what healthcare workers have had, had to go through before the pandemic, you know, working short or whatever the case may be, creating the energy of if you call out you're 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 hurting your fellow coworker, if you call out you're you're hurting your patient. Mm-hmm. Um I, I always remember thinking, well, hire more nurses. Like It's so simple. Pay them appropriately,
2: make it safe, and you will have all the nurses you need, but you have to be willing to pay for the nurses.
1: Well, and now in my world, when I'm doing a reading for somebody and I get a certain feeling about energy, I call it the teaching teaching healing vibration. And a person who is a nurse or a person who is a teacher to me feels the same way because they're giving so much of themselves to somebody else. And I find it interesting that both of those fields are the most underpaid and they're giving the most of their time to help another person for the betterment of humanity.
2: And the female dominated professions that have been just kind of systematically victimized, right? Over the years.
0: We have a lot in common,
2: nurses and teachers, actually. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, truly.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I wanted to. I was going to say we're empathetic, like we take on people's feelings, and that's draining. Yeah. Like, we we constantly are feeling how they feel. At least that is what I dealt with. Like, you know, I would always feel like they must be so sad right now, or this must be so stressful on them. So it's constantly like feeling how they're feeling. And it's on top of being stressed yourself. And it's at the end of the day, you're just exhausted. I mean, mentally, physically just zapped. So it's tough. It can be tough yeah. for sure. If you will indulge me for a moment sure. to fangirl,
2: just very briefly, uh I am one of your OGs. <laughs> so OG uh, for the two or three people, yep, the two or three people in the world that may not know who you are. Um these days, you know, there's psychic mediums everywhere, but back in 2000, you were the pioneer. You were the first one to have a TV show syndicated worldwide crossing over with John Edward, and I have been a loyal follower since then the books, the show, everything. I've even seen, uh, one of your live shows when you came to Las Vegas back in 2019. And I wanted to share a story with you because I've always wondered if you knew what had happened at your show.
1: I so, uh, this.
2: one, I know, cause I haven't told her, I just told her that I had totally. a, a story I wanted to share with you. So, uh, one year prior to your show, Spring Break 2018, four Las Vegas teenagers drove to California for Spring Break, Huntington Beach. They were hit head-on by a drunk driver and pushed into oncoming traffic, and three of them died instantly. The other one was seriously injured. Mm. Fast forward one year. We are at your show. Uh, And as you can imagine, that kind of devastated the Las Vegas community, right? To have four teens like that all at once. So you're doing your readings. And towards the beginning of the show, you call on someone that's like back left of the audience. And you say something about, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, of course. uh, You lost someone too young, too young. a, A son. And... I'm getting a car accident and, you know, no one thinks anything of it, but you can tell that these are probably the parents and they're emotional and nodding. And yes, 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 yes. 30 minutes later, whenever you call on someone else in the audience, front, right, nowhere near each other. Very similar. Something similar to the one over there. I'm I'm getting um, something like that, that, you know, car accident, too young, um, uh, that maybe, maybe it was multiple and it started coming together. And then there was a third and there was an oh audible gasp in the audience because the locals, I think immediately recognized what was going on, but none of those people, I, I think it was apparent knew that the others were there, the other parents. I have goosebumps. And it was all this aha moment. My daughter and wow. I were there, and I, I we didn't know any of these these poor kids or their families. But as I said, it devastated the community. And there was this audible gasp where we all went, "Oh my god!" Like they're was all, all it here. It seems like all three of no them. No one through. knew that they were here, and you totally got it. You put wow. it all together.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy and and beautiful in a tragic way yeah yes that 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 would actually take place it 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 reminds me i was in brisbane australia and we're going back probably about a decade there were two thousand people in this venue and the venue i always loved working at this specific place because it was set up just like crossing over where it felt like the the bleachers kind of like went up like that and i made a connection with somebody who had passed in a car accident and the girl that was coming through was telling her parents that she she didn't pass alone that there was a phenomenal paramedic who was with her the whole time talking to her the whole time listening to the whole time and she wanted to say thank you to the paramedic and can mom and dad let the paramedic know that she really appreciated her 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 exit being so compassionate mm-hmm. so mom and dad were very very emotional and mom they said we don't know who it is. We we wouldn't be able to do that. So I said, Well, well maybe there is a way. Like maybe you can ask the hospital or ask whatever and you can go that direction. And then I got pulled like a little bit back to my, you know, like a few rows back to the left. And I said, Somebody else here is connected to them. I go, Do you guys know each other? And the person like raised their hands, like they got the mic to them and said, I'm the paramedic.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So it happened at the event. And there was this like moment which you're describing, and everybody in the room feels it. It's this just moment of like, whoa. You know, like just whoa. And then that to me just shows me how there's just this a bigger kind of organization of what takes place in the universe and nothing happens by chance or coincidence. And most importantly, like what can we learn from these moments when it happens? Like, and there's multiple things I think that we can learn. You know about connection and about survival of consciousness, and that you know we go on. But that's the that's the other side of it. But what about the this side of it? Like, well, what do we do? What do we do with that? Right? Like, how do we evolve through that? So we look at the validations that come in during the reading to help support the fact that there's a survival of consciousness. That's powerful, Erica. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because okay. I don't know these stories. Like, I don't. That's an amazing. I don't remember them. I don't you wouldn't
2: them. if you weren't in Las Vegas. You wouldn't have known. That's yeah, amazing. I've always um, wondered rec- if you really knew and I wanted to share that now with you because does. it was powerful yeah. and I think it was very healing. It was apparent that it was very healing for all of them.
0: What I'm telling yeah, you, you, know, you s- goosebumps everywhere when you told me that. like,
1: After so many years of doing this, like this is now my 38th year of doing this. Like this is a long time. Wow. They there. I, I come from an old school when it comes to the subject matter, o- old school of doing this is you get in, you do your job, you get out. You don't have a connection to the client. Um, social media kind of knocks down that wall a little bit where you are able to interact with people that you've read, where they can show you validations or tell you stuff after the fact. And, um, it's still a, I I have the old school mentality where it's kind of like, I have to tell people, please don't volunteer. Thank you for trusting me. But please don't volunteer information because you may trust me and, and right. I've earned your trust and thank you. But the 400 people who have created knockoff accounts who are going to read that and you know now try to come at you and scam you out of money, they're, they're, you can't trust them. So it's a very interesting world that we're now living in because so much of the internet is amazing regarding community and so much of it is dangerous regarding community. We got to be careful.
2: Absolutely. Jessica, I think I cut you off earlier. You were going to say something. It's
0: okay. I'm just in- enjoying the podcast.
1: <laughs> Great time.
0: Um, I was just going to talk about one story that you shared that um, I had a little bit of a question about, but it went back to your phlebotomy days back in, I think mm-hmm. it was 1990. And I love this story that you, um, I saw it on TikTok actually, but it was the one where they tried to keep you out of the room because the patient would remind you of your mom that had passed. And, yep. um, I, I hear a lot of you talking, well, for those that don't know, basically without going into, you know, too much time, but you know, John did end up having to go into the room to draw labs on a patient that, um, did put him back into a space that reminded him a lot of what, what his mom had gone through when, when she was passing from cancer, which, you know, obviously <clears throat> was difficult and had to draw her labs and whatnot. But I, I believe that you were at least comforted, even though you had to poke the woman, you were like, well, at least they're letting her son stay, you know, yep. um, the night and you were like, that's really nice of them. It's after hours. Um, you know, and as much as you were kind of disheartened that you did have to draw labs, cause you knew she was probably going to pass pretty soon. Um, you told the nurse at least, at least he's there, at least, you know, she's, she's got somebody and that's when um, you guys had the realization, or she told you that no, there's nobody in the room.
1: <laughs> nobody in the room.
0: Now, my question to you is: I hear a lot of you saying about when you tune in, or or when you get these um, frequencies, maybe as you describe it, or like you're having to up your level and they're mm-hmm. having to bring theirs down, where you can kind of meet in the middle. Because I've listened to a lot of that. How often do you visually? see something like that? Is it, is it actually a visual phenomenon? Like, and, and I I just don't hear you talk about it that much. Is it like a rare thing? Or I just want you to elaborate a little bit um, on that. Sure.
1: So in the beginning of my development, there would be moments where I would see things and I I would see them in a flash or I would see them quickly, or I would see them peripherally. And it takes a lot of their energy to lower their frequency to be able to do that. Once the development process kicked in, And my other abilities kind of picked up and did some of the heavy lifting. That aspect of it went away. So I I don't see people like that now. I don't see that in the way. But I wasn't reading that day. And it wasn't something that I was expecting to do. And I think because of the woman and the way she looked in the bed, because it really looked, she looked like my mom. Um, And it was less than a year that my mom had passed. I, I opened up emotionally. Uh-huh. And because I opened up emotionally, I connected with the family. So indirectly, I made a connection with the woman's energy, and it was more uh, an anger connection, you know, because I didn't understand why they were drawing blood on this woman. I didn't understand why every four hours or whatever it was that she was having blood work drawn. Like,
0: yeah, not that I'm a doctor, not that
1: I could, not that I can make that call. But you know that that was an insurance thing. That wasn't a that that wasn't a that wasn't a we need this result thing. It was more like. Right. Until the doctor DC the orders they were gonna you were gonna had you had to do that. So when I when I walked in and I saw her, it just was like she had no vein. It just, she was like so yeah. so so thin. But sitting in the chair, I really peripherally saw what looked like a seventeen-year-old, and I was only now twenty at the time. Wow! So I kind of felt like, dude, like I I'm like a little ahead of where you're at. Like that's what I wanted to say to him. Would never say that because I wouldn't yeah. want to get in trouble. But I thought it, you know, and then I felt like that it was cool that they let him stay because it was after hours, it was late. And the nurse looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. And she said that there was nobody else in the room. And wow. I said, well, then he must have walked into the bathroom. And she said, I did. And I emptied the Foley by the bed by the window. And I was like, and then when the two of us were standing in the hallway, and we like looked down the hallway, and the fire doors were closed that night. And they're heavy. So if somebody had walked through them, they'd still be moving. And right. she just like, you know, did that whole like, twilight zone music thing and you know <laughs> she, you know nurse, she just like laughed and just walked away from me and um yeah. she's like whatever the next I was morning, now, and all. she was <laughs> yeah she was like yeah okay like you know i've got like 20 other patients i gotta go to now right so then she she like was there back early the next morning so now i worked at six in the morning her shift started at seven so she was there at like 6 30 the woman had passed and um yeah. i was able to talk to the daughter and it was kind of a it was a moment That would be
0: such a full circle if you could ever connect with her again, like to see if the, if the daughter ever did realize who you became to be. Like, because at that point you, you were working as a phlebotomist, you know, I wonder if she ever correlated that.
1: That, that story. No, I had another story that that happened with where I was having to draw a uh, typing cross on a patient that was going for surgery and it was a heart surgery that she was going for. And it was a young kid. So when I went to go draw the the blood, I psychically saw a, at the time, I know the two colors might have changed, but at the time it was a blue top tube, which would have been a PT, PTT to draw somebody's like levels of like what they could put in or heparin. So for me to see that, I was like, they want me to check that. So I actually drew the blood.
2: Oh, it wasn't ordered, but you went ahead and did it. Okay.
1: I drew the blood. I ran down to the laboratory. I added the blood as if it was added by the doctor. Then I ran to the hematology supervisor and I was like, this needs to be run stat. And she's like, I can't. I'm like, no, you have to. They're going for surgery. So she ran it stat. I took the the blood work result, ran back up to the cardiothoracic surgical assistant. And I was like, I said, hey, Charlene, I think you need to look at this. And she looked at it and she went, she can't have surgery. She'll bleed out on the table.
2: I was like, oh,
1: really? And she was like, yeah. And the surgery got canceled. Wow. So it became a little bit of an issue because nobody was really sure how it actually happened. And I kept my ass like, I kept my mouth completely shut. And then years later, I was doing a reading for someone. And that story came up in the, in the reading. And I'm starting to give it to the person. I go, and then this happened? And they went, yeah. Which is, by the way, very normal because I'll see a lot of my own personal experiences in order to convey a message. Mm-hmm. And then I gave, I gave it like down to the specifics to who the doctor was and who the patient was. And the woman that I was reading went, Oh my God, I heard you were good. She's like, but this is like off the hook. (laughs) And I was like, I need, I'm like, I need to tell you that last part's the last part wasn't being psychic. And she goes, what? I go, I'm the one who did it. And she's like, what? I go, I'm the one who did it. And your daughter is telling me she's the one who told me to do it. And it happened to be her, the woman that I was reading daughter's friend.
2: Wow. wow. Yep. that That's beyond coincidence. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, talk no. <laughs> about a
0: full circle moment there. Like it was just... kind
1: of cool. That to me was one of those moments where I was like, wow, that's really awesome. Yeah. I thank I'm, God I'm sure I listened. you had a lot of those.
2: Wow. So one question that I am uh, dying to ask you, no pun intended. Um, why <laughs> do... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jessica's going to so spit weird. out her that soda. Was funny.
0: That was funny. That was good one. I'm usually the comedian. Okay, go ahead. I know. Go I ahead. Once Erica. in a
2: rare while. Um, why is it that, because this is something that I have struggled with for a long time. Why is it that some loved ones that have passed just don't seem to ever come through, no matter how open you are to it or need it, no matter how many psychic mediums you go to? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right
2: why why I th- would that I think be it,
1: i think it has to do with i think there's a lot of variables one of the variables is that you had a good relationship with the person and when you have a good relationship with the person i think they're a little bit lazier i mean i say that like publicly all the time like i think that they don't work as hard as where there were some issues or unresolved personal family dynamics that come in um that's part one part two it could be that it interferes on a lesson that we're still here trying to learn. I mean, I've got a number of people in my family that I've never heard from, and I do this. Like I find wow. it like fascinating that you know, like certain people don't show up. And then there's the subtlety of the reality of the work. And this is one of the things that I try to put out publicly as best as I possibly can. People in my field will make the connections that we make so much bigger and more powerful than they actually are, that it's next to impossible for a layperson who doesn't do this professionally to recognize the reality and how subtle the work actually is. So when you're doing something for a really long period of time, you guys would never in a million years stop to think about how to put an IV in. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you just do it. It's what what you do. But for somebody who's never ever done that, for somebody who would have to do that for the first time and maybe read a book on how to put an IV in, it is a very uncomfortable journey and they don't know what they're doing, right? So the more than likely if they had to do it, they're going to miss and they're not going to be able to successfully do that. So I kind of feel like that, you know, like when -hmm. when people are watching mediums work, mediums will come sometimes and under, I can not say this without sounding like, arrogant, but somebody who's not coming from the right ethics and responsibility of of teaching, who's making it about them, they don't take the time to explain to people, listen, I've been doing this work for a really long time. I always will tell people how long I'm doing it because I want them to understand I've been doing this a long time. So when you hear me say these things and do these things, I've got the experience behind it. But with that experience, I bring an ethic and responsibility of teaching. And I always want people to recognize that you can have three sisters in the same family lose the same dad, have amazing relationships with him, and dad may come through differently to all three sisters. And just because one gets mm-hmm. a dream and somebody else gets the song on the radio and somebody else finds pennies, that doesn't mean dad loves the one in the dream any more than the other. Right. But when somebody has a profound moment like a dream, it always feels like, oh my, that's way more of a connection than somebody getting the song lyrics or the scent or smell or seeing eleven eleven or having the connection to the Cardinal or all the ABCs of connection that can take place. So they do come through. We just sometimes are so used to expecting it to be one way that we miss the subtlety of the other ways that it actually happens.
2: That makes sense. It it, it doesn't make it a lot easier, but it makes sense. (laughs) And I I, I appreciate that. Yeah.
1: That's the, that's the real, the real answer. Or I've had readings where I have 10 people on a zoom group and Let's say two or three of the people are related that are on there and their loved ones come through and they bring through family dynamics and inherently at the end of the night, one of the people will say, well, is there anything for me? Because they didn't talk to me. They didn't say anything to me. Right. And I'm like, they kind of did. And they go, no, no, they talked about this and they talked about that and they validated that it was them, but they didn't say anything to me personally. And years ago, I would always take that as like, oh, 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 I don't know, I have to juggle or I have to do something else. Like, what do I do to... And then I'd be like, no, now now it is as much for you as it is hearing. And that is to let you know that there's a survival of consciousness, life, life and love are eternal, and they're still with you. And that is what's for you in this classroom of life. How great to know that they're just in the hallway, checking in from us from time to time while we're taking our life tests.
0: It is amazing. I like that I, analogy. I just want to tell him this quickly. Yesterday, I, was, I told Erica this, and I, without giving up, you know, information about whatnot, but I did write down like some stuff <clears throat> that if you did say it would mean a lot to me. I wrote it down, and um, I was watching one of your videos yesterday. And as I wrote that down, you were saying in one of your videos that you were reading somebody, you were saying exactly what I wrote down right after I freaking right. wrote it down which was nuts. I'm like, how is that possible? Like, how did I just write that down? And I was watching one and you said it. And I'm like, is it a coincidence or is that?
1: Nope, that is, that is their way of answering your request. Now, and this is what I tell clients, anybody that's watching this, if you're going for an astrological reading, if you're going for a numerology reading, if you're going for a psychic reading, if you're going for a reading with a medium, You want to do just that, Jessica. You want to write down a list of questions or things that you're curious about because what you're doing is you're projecting that out out like the bat signal in the universe for the universe to answer. And it just doesn't come always in the way that you had expected. So before before there was a TV show and before people knew what I looked like, um, I just had this really weird but cool experience where people would walk into my office and they would look at me and they would get startled like literally startled like visibly startled and the first couple of times i was like what <laughs> and then they would follow it up with oh my god you were in my dream i was like i was wow. in your dream oh. and they'd wow. be like yeah you were you were you were in my dream so then it got to the point where my smart ass side had to like play with it so when people would do that i'd be like i was in your dream and they'd go yes <laughs> and then i would say I handed you a phone and they were like, yes. I go, and you were able to talk on the phone to your relatives in your dream. And they would nod like, yes, how did you do that? And I laughed and I go, I didn't do anything. I go, your family used my face as a symbol so that when you saw me, it was a validation of the experience that you had directly. But they used me to be the quote unquote middleman or the medium, knowing that you were going to see me. So that's exactly what you had. Your family just used the opportunity to get you to see a, in this case, a video, not a dream that would answer the question. And there's no greater gift than we can give. Yep. There's no greater gift than we can give our loved ones and friends than, than not needing me. Like that is probably the most important thing I could tell people is like, nobody needs a reading, but what people need is an understanding. And with an understanding, we can work at being 50% of the equation of connecting with them.
0: I mean, it wasn't like an hour later, like I'm telling you, I wrote it and your video was playing in the background, and then you said it like you were reading somebody else, but you said exactly what What it was. It was crazy. And that
1: happens to me. That happens to me when I'm doing my events. Like if I'm on tour and I'm actually reading for hundreds of people, I will get information for people in that room that will mirror something that's just happened in my own family. Mm -hmm. So I do the same thing. I go as a way of
0: helping you
1: or your family. Yep, as, oh, interesting. as a way of helping me. Because wow. help you need that issues.
0: too. I mean, I'm sure that you miss your mom. Like, I'm sure that you need that, those signs and stuff like that, you know?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm a little OCD, so I, I need a lot of validation, right? Like when I'm, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm reading, you know, somebody said to me at one of my events a few years back, I, I picked up for a question and she goes, I don't really have a question. She goes, I just have a statement. And I always brace myself when somebody right. says they have a statement. Right. Because, oh, God. You, know, you never that, know. That can, that can go either way, right? So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, which statement? She goes, so you're like a needy medium. And I was like, because <laughs> I, like, I don't consider myself a needy person at all. And I was like, what? She's like, oh, well, I'm like watching you read. She goes, you force the people to come through to back up the information to make sure that it's them. She's like, don't you know that it's them? And I laughed and I go, well, I, I do know that it's them. I go, but I, I do like to validate in a room with a couple of hundred people that I'm with the right person. Sure, so I said, right? yeah. I go, okay, call me a needy medium. I'm a needy medium.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. I like that. you should have a t-shirt <laughs> that says that. Yeah. Needy medium. John, I'm
2: curious. Um, do you believe in karma? Do you think karma is real? Do. <laughs> I it's I something it. I Oof. struggle with because I've in my life personally there have been so many people that you know should have been the victim of some karma let's just say and seem to not only never be on the receiving end of any bad karma but to almost be rewarded with um, these great lives and I I know you know it's perception you don't always know what people are going through but it seems to be a reoccurring theme for me so. Do you have any insight into that?
1: I can tell you that in the years of doing this, I have watched people in my field do things and have what would be perceived success in their arenas and whatever their fields are and go, I don't get it. Like why aren't they getting (laughs) slammed? Right. Me too. That doesn't like make, that doesn't make sense. Like, from a universal standpoint, like, that's wrong. And that should be like, they should be held accountable for that. And I had, again, another British medium, this guy, Robert Brown, say to me, and he just looked at me and he said, you never know how karma will actually reveal itself for the person. And it may not always happen on your timeline. Yeah, And I said, OK, but I have a Scorpio rising like I want to see it like I want to I want to I want to like I want to like know that it's happening. Me too. Somebody else said, you know, recently said to me, yeah, they were like, wow, you're spiritual, but you're petty. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not petty. I was like, I'm just <laughs> I honest. <love> that. <laughs> you know, but if you see if you see somebody doing something that, you know, is like not correct and not OK, one would wonder, well, why are they being allowed to continue to do that from a universal right. standpoint? And um, I do believe that there's a bigger picture. And I do believe that people will be held accountable. I do believe that. And I do believe that it happens in a way where the most impact of that accountability happens. And sometimes the, the, the long leash that they're on for that is what we would perceive as being successful. But on a personal level, I can also say that some of those people have had some of the greatest falls in the years of me watching it you know here's a little old me over here 4 decades later just being like lone wolf just doing my thing over here so i always tell people never get concerned or overwhelmed by somebody else's perceived what they deserve because if we do that like here's my phrase my phrase is this may they get what they deserve and may i be around to learn about it that is my yes. phrase Ooh, because if they deserve i'm stealing if they that. deserve to if they if they deserve to win the lottery, well, guess what? Let them let them freaking win, um, but let them get them let them get what they deserve, you know. So I know that on TikTok a few years back, there was like a phrase that was going around where people would be like, "Have the day you deserve," and I'd be like, yeah. "The day?" I'd be yeah. like, "No, have the life you de- have the life you deserve." Oh, like really? that's even better. Yeah, because yeah. you know if you're putting that out there, but the reality is those people already are on some levels. It's we just have a hard time looking at. From the outside, why would somebody not hold that behavior accountable? And you can look at any field. I I worked at a deli before I did anything else, and I remember like I worked my tail off. I was 13 years old and became the night manager of a deli. Oh wow! I wasn't even like yeah, like I I've been always like a hard worker, and I never understood why this one person who had the deli experience, who was there, who was like the golden boy of the of the building. Like, you know, I did all the the grunt work. Like I was doing all the stuff that he never had to do anything. Now I I would sit back and be like, what is like, why is this happening? Like why? And this is a long time ago. And you could see, I could could still put myself in the mindset of going, you know, I'm, I'm doing all of this. And he's just like sitting there in the back, having coffee with the guy and getting paid and getting all the credit. You're like, but why aren't they letting him come out and do this? And I just sat back and was like, All right, it is what it is, you know. Live and learn, and I did. I learned from that job. I learned from working in the video store. I learned from working in the hospital. I learned that it didn't matter that I was working in the hospital, you know, which to me was very, very prestigious. And they were trying to, you know, you know, do whatever they could to be the best place that they possibly could be. But within that, there are humans, and humans make egotistical human judgments based upon. In some cases, their budget or their time off or their their whatevers. So we have to just look at everything as where's the lesson? What am I supposed to learn from this? Because if you learn the lesson, then you can make choices to make sure that you don't have to be taking the test to relearn that lesson again.
2: Yeah. What? You, that, you that, mentioned geez, holding people a accountable, lesson. which... Which just made me wonder, how do you reconcile religion? I I know I didn't realize that you were raised particularly religious until Jessica was telling me, um, was it something that he said
1: in school? Wait, I wrote it
0: down. He's a recovering (laughs) Catholic.
1: I'm a recovering Catholic. I wrote a book on the rosary too. Um, I wrote a book called Practical Praying because I felt like I was excommunicated from the church. And then, you know, the universe puts us in these amazing opportunities. When I was taking my, my, you know, I was in the healthcare world at the program that I was in. I was look- I was looking at the courses that you could take for electives, and one of the courses that they offered was witchcraft oh, wow. and other blah 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 blah. And it was offered to only seniors. And I'm like, well, how do I not take that class? Like, like I have to, like I have to get in that class, right? So I told I, I told my counselor, I was like, I need to get in this class, and she said, no, it's for upperclassmen. And then I read her, and she got me in the class. And- <laughs> And, and, and then That's I, I sat in that class and the teacher walked in and he said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Theology 101. And I was like, theology? It's like I barely wanted to go to CCD. Like I would never have taken theology. Like what am I sitting in theology? I'm in the wrong room. Everybody right. felt like they were in the wrong room. At which point the professor said, listen, you should have continued reading what the course description was. It was like witchcraft and other theological pursuits, but nobody got past witchcraft.
2: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: so I I took an entire semester on the religions of the world. Yep, total (laughs) total um, eye opener for me because you know nobody taught me in life about like Christianity and the amount of people that and bloodshed and wars that had taken place over the divine and God. You know that's not what they would teach you. So that that part was swept under the rug. Or the fact that reincarnation, reincarnation was at one point part of Christianity, and then man took that out as a doctrine of a belief, because if they think you can come back and do this again, well, therefore, you know, we can't control you in this lifetime. Or John Calvin and Calvinism and the 99-whatevers and the Protestant Reformation. Like, all of that stuff was eye-opening for me, but important, because it gave me a perspective from other people's perspectives coming at religion, and how can they understand, justify, and rectify their belief system. So I came to the place where I said, listen, my job is to paint a portrait of energy. That's all I'm doing. How you frame that portrait in your house on your wall, that's on you. I'm yeah. not giving you a belief system. I just right. want to let you know that outside of this physical body, we exist. There's a survival of love and where there's love, there's connection.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I almost feel like the rosary is like, I mean, I, I grew up praying the rosary. I mean, that's just, you do when you're Catholic, you do it. Our, our, father. Well, I, th- I think me, you the have rosary one there with is like, you, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. I, yeah, I told Erica <laughs> that earlier. Um, but to me, it's more like a meditation. Like if I really, it's, exactly. it's just something to, it's something repetitive and it puts you like in a zone, you know what I mean? So like, I'm kind of the same, I think, uh um, that you are like Catholicism is so strict growing up catholic and you know the masses and uh, i mean i think you had to go to mass like daily for a while i, I think i heard you say that yeah i'm like oh my <laughs> the god the look so on your grade. face when you're like oh yeah oh <laughs> gosh um i personally don't go to mass anymore um you know i don't Same yeah, I, 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 obviously I still believe in, in a higher power. Um, I still will pray my rosary, but I do it in a different way now. It's not because you have to, or you're going to go to hell. It's because, um, yep. it, it connects me a, with my loved ones that have passed that really, you know, have a fond, uh, admiration for the rosary, but it, it also just like, it just puts me in a peaceful, peaceful place sometimes. It's the only way I can So one that.
1: of the things that, one of the reasons why I actually wrote a book on the Rosary is my publisher at the time um, had me on tour in Australia, and I was getting it was early in the morning and I was up and I got this like download of information that I needed to write a book about the Rosary, and I just literally sat there out loud and went, "No, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not <laughs> doing that. Like, like that's not happening." And the reason why is I had spent such quality time. Putting distance between me and any type of religion that I didn't want anybody to feel alienated. If okay. they weren't Catholic, they couldn't connect with their loved ones, right? Because it right. doesn't really matter what your denomination you are, or lack of a denomination, you can still make a connection with energy. So my publisher called me maybe about a half hour later and said, um, "Can I come down to your room? I want to talk to you about your next book." And I was like, "Sure." Not even remotely thinking that he was going to say anything that I had just gotten in this like two second download and. He literally said, I think you should write a book on the rosary. I legit levitated out of my chair, like out of wow. like, what? Like, yeah, where did it that was come such from? a, yeah, it was like, like, it was like, he hit me in the face with it. And I was like, whoa. And I had to, I had to sit with that because now I was getting the validation of the mm-hmm. message.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it. And I go, but can I ask you why? And he says, well, what do you do before you read? I said, well, I, I pray. He goes, well, what kind of prayer? And I go, "Well," I for years have prayed the rosary, but not like with the original intent, but with the intent of the repetition of prayer helps to raise vibration and it's mm-hmm. more affirmative. He goes, well, then just write it from that perspective. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll think about it. And then about, That's crazy. I, I have say, never
0: even read that book. I didn't even, yeah. I mean, I knew you had that book, but I didn't know what it was about. I haven't read it. But that's crazy that yeah. I'd say that. And that's essentially I'm guessing what your book is about.
1: <laughs> and then two weeks, two weeks later after that trip, a friend of mine who's a priest, called me. And he said, uh, yeah, I got a message in in prayer this morning. And I went, what's what's the message? He goes, write the darn book.
0: Oh, boy. You're like, okay.
1: And I just literally (laughs) said to him, I go, what book? And he goes, the book on the rosary. And again, I about jumped out of my body because wow. he wasn't a part of any of these conversations. Like I would never say right. to my friend, who was a Catholic, the Catholic priest friend, "Hey, I'm thinking about writing a book on the rosary," right? You know, like wasn't gonna wasn't gonna happen. And then I and I and I did it, and I I wrote it um, to express how I utilized it. And really ultimately, save yourself the trouble. The reality of it is it's just about repetitive affirmations and setting positive intentions. It's crazy. I honestly have never something.
0: even looked at what that book is about. Like, and I didn't realize I used the rosary in the, in the same way. That's nuts. Guess what book Jessica's gonna buy next? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Seriously. I know. I'm like, I have to read this now. I didn't even realize I was I was doing that. Like I I don't know. I think I think some people are more um akin or more in tune to wanting to raise their frequencies versus other people just aren't open to it you know like if I right I've always felt not that I'm a medium in any way but I, right. I've always felt like I like with taking on people's energy and, and feelings and stuff but I I'm like why do all these little coincidences and weird things happen to me and then when I relay it to other people I think I'm crazy I'm like is it because I'm just more open to it. Like, do you think that that's some people just have more of a, a belief system? Like with you going on tour, I take it, you know, right now you're on tour. I know you're going to New Jersey. Um, I think you're like, where am I going? Um, next, next week. And then Australia <laughs> I, I was like,
1: i about two seconds. I was like, where am I going?
0: <laughs> yeah. You have two shows in New Jersey, by the way, I could be your assistant. Um, and, and then to, and then to Australia, but do you ever get people that you'll read them, but they're just shut down? like, you try to give them messages that are coming through, but they just—they don't want to validate it because either a) they're not open to what you're saying, or or b) they're just so skeptical that they can't even hear the message or hear what's coming through. Does, does that make so sense? That sound, what I'm asking.
1: <laughs> that is so spot on for the week, the last week that I just had, and mm. one of the events that I just did. Um, there's a lot of energy that you have to actually sometimes break through in order to get somebody to pay attention. So if, if somebody's coming for a reading, and this is an old story, but I had a waiting list that was like over eight years long at one point, and this woman huh? was on it. And when she finally got in front of me, she sat in front of me. It was like six thirty, seven o'clock at night. I gave her a pass because it could have been traffic. It could have been, she didn't know where she was coming from. You know, she had traveled in for it. And there was a lot of huffing and puffing and angst and frazzled energy. And when I sat down, I said, "You." are you okay? And she said, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, okay. Her energy was not fine. Oh boy. And then I gave her my, my, I gave her my big speech. And then I started giving information and like Wonder Woman with the bullet bracelets, you know, it was like my words were the bullets. And she was like, ching, 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 ching. ching. <laughs> and then I finally just looked at her and I said, well, I think we're done here. And all of a sudden she said, wait, wait what? And I went, yeah, I said, I think, I think we're done. I don't think I'm the right person for you. And she said, I've waited seven years for this. And I literally looked at him and I was like, well, I'm then sorry. you should act like you waited seven years for this.
0: Right. And she like yeah. looked at
1: me and I said, no, I'm serious. Like You should act like you waited seven years. You're acting like I'm the reason why your loved one's passed. You're coming mm-hmm. at me with energy as opposed to allowing me to facilitate it. And mm-hmm. then she dropped her guard and she had a great session. But there were, there were those moments. And then there were moments where I think – The details or the specifics that I can come through with make people very myopic and they get very annoyed by the fact that they're not hearing the, what I call the fluffy stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. oh, they love you and they're sitting with you and they're smiling and they're happy. And, you know, when you see a a butterfly, that's them. And they know that they're like, a lot of people just want that. And I I have to say, like, I am not the right person for you. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care if people like me, but you're going to listen. the message
2: listen. is often just that they are there, that their loved one is still there. And then they just give you some way to validate that to them. But there is no other right. touchy-feely.
1: Well, no, the touchy-feely is the fact that they're there. Like, the yeah. connection and the love is to re- reinforce that. But, like, I don't ever want to foster a dependency on me or the subject matter. I want to inspire somebody to recognize that they, that, that they know that there's an afterlife, that they know there's a place that their loved ones and friends go, that we will be reunited again, and how, how great to know that we can have that connection. The problem comes in is people want what they want, and we live in a you know, fast food society like where you want to pull up to the drive through window and order the number two and supersize that with grandma. That's not how this works, <laughs> right? It's, it's not going to happen like that. It happens in the way that yeah. it needs to with facts and information not always emotion but you know you guys are on tiktok you guys see what's on there if you see psychics on there watch the level of bs that you will yes. see you, know, yeah. you can't have a thousand people in a in a live and go does somebody here know john right. it's like you, you, you know right yeah, just, someone's you, you gonna can't. know There's, john
0: yeah has anyone had right. somebody pass in september any anybody <laughs> right not for a room like, for uh, ten thousand people.
1: No, so like when I'm reading for somebody, like I I will tell them right up right up front. Like here are the things I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about your cardinals, your butterflies, your hummingbirds, finding pennies, dimes, and quarters, seeing eleven, eleven, two, two, two. I go through the litany of all the things that are real.
2: Yeah, But you don't yeah. need
1: me for that. You need me to take it to the next level. Let's let's get into what's what's a lesson that you're supposed to be learning that maybe your loved ones and friends want to come through talking about. Like what's a it's not always what people want, but I think yeah. it's always what they need.
0: Did you I, have I you had you had a, another question? for.
2: You. Yeah, it's kind of a tough subject matter, but working in hospice and in particular, PEDS hospice, True. I've always been curious uh, when a child, a young child passes and they are still there, their energy with their parents or their family, do they stay at that maturity level forever? You know,
0: that's a, I love that question.
1: So you actually are, yes, because you're diving into an energy that's very different than what people would ask normally. Normally they would say, are they the same age? So if somebody passed at the age of 10 and it's 10 years later and they get red, that child can come through as a 10-year-old or that child can come through as a 20-year-old and age them on a a calendar. Interesting. the beauty of hospice the wonder of hospice and palliative care. My mom was a recipient of that. So I have firsthand experience with that world and what that was like. Um, and the level of what I think angels on earth helping people to labor to leave. And I always say to folks, we labor to come into this world, we labor to leave. And there's a lot of similarities in ways that people don't see. You know, when you're in utero, you have nine months of being nurtured and taken care of in a warm, loving environment. But then something traumatic happens to you in that environment where you are forced to evacuate an environment that you're nurtured and loving loved loved in. You usually go through a tunnel, birth canal. You're met by a bright white light and received by family that's very excited to see you. Well, death is just like that. We are in a world where we're nurtured and we're loved. And then at a certain point, we're going to labor to leave where we also go through a tunnel and that tunnels the soul leaving the body where we meet up with loved ones and friends who are very excited to see us again. So birth and death have a very similar transformative place from being safe to feeling unsafe to feeling loved. But when that energy passes, it's passing and being met by those who've gone on before them, which is also for folks that are listening to this, if you were not able to be at the bedside with someone when they passes, if somebody passed and they passed during COVID where you weren't allowed to be at the bedside, or if you come from a toxic family where they kept you from your loved one, please know that nobody ever passes alone and nobody is ever alone when they're transitioning. Even if nobody's in the room physically with them, there are always loved ones and friends that are kind of cheering them on, like they're on the side of the road, you know, doing the final run of the I the, the rates, like they're there to, to be there and celebrate with them. So never feel like, oh my God, I wasn't there. I mean, honor the I wasn't there from an earthly grief standpoint. Right. I know from an energetic standpoint, they're, they're never going to come back and be like, where the hell were you? I waited for <laughs> two and a half days, you know, and then I had to go. They don't, they don't really come through with that. They come through with appreciation, gratitude, and love. You well, you know, in hospice, though, that they know it's we'll... oh, better, ahead.
0: though. Like they know it's the, the patient, the person dying knows it would be better for my child to not see me. So a lot of times maybe, yeah, they will themselves, see that all, the time, yeah, in to die at all a, the time at a time that their oh, yeah. family isn't there or is there vice versa, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I call that making it a run for it right? And I tell my clients <laughs> all the time, I'm like, if you talk to anybody that's in critical care work, mm-hmm, anybody that has yeah. critical ICU, CCU, yep. um, you know, med surge step down where there's like a critical recovery period or hospice or palliative care, there's like an unspoken code, which is, Hey, why, why don't you go stretch your legs?
2: Why don't why, you go get why don't some you go coffee? Grab a
1: coffee? Yeah. Why don't you get, go get some coffee? Because that gives the person who's going to be transitioning the opportunity and space to actually pass,
0: because mm-hmm. they may
1: not be able to pass when the unspoken energy is going, "Please don't leave me, please don't leave me, yeah. please don't leave me, please don't go, please don't leave me, please don't leave right. me." So:
2: And then we see the opposite where they will defy uh, medical odds and just hang on for seemingly yeah. long periods of time until someone important arrives that they're waiting yep. for. We and see that finally
1: go. Yeah. And then, and then, then finally, very quickly. Finally go.
2: Yeah. It's amazing. But we see that all the time in hospice. Yeah. So, John, you recently what? came out with a new app, I'm told. Can you yeah, tell it. us a little bit about the Evolve Plus TV app?
1: So the Evolve Plus TV, it's Evolve P L U S dot TV. It is a place, it is a community where people can create their own profile. And then we have different groups and channels. So there's a group called circles that's informative i have my own channel and a group that's there so i'll go live and do readings there um and then we have a group called the journey that's head up by a woman named diane gray and she is a death doula and she deals with a lot of grief and on death and dying uh on her live streams that she does there and then we have a channel called the orbit and a group that matches it where we have a weekly cosmic A podcast on the astrological weather so every week there's an astrologer that's doing a podcast named lisa salvatore my daughter olivia hosts that because she understands astrology so they have this weekly thing that they do but we have um astrologers numerologists we're doing meditation and it's 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 growing exponentially so we're excited about 2024 and, and what we're doing with that but i wanted to create a safe space for the subject matter where people would not be scammed by all the knockoffs that are out there like all the 100 i have like over 150 john edward accounts on tiktok that are yeah, not me
2: it's ridiculous
1: they, they clone they clone the content um you know same thing with instagram so i'm not a fan i i used to love twitter for entertainment fun you know reasons um i don't i'm not on twitter or x i call it twix now twix i'm not, on, I'm, not I'm not really on i'm not on twix <laughs> um instagram i don't really really go on uh tiktok i will do because i like yeah i I see you on there right yes yep we met via tiktok and uh and the only reason why i actually went on tiktok was because i saw a woman doing a live and i thought it was a parody oh my god this was like a skit making fun of the subject matter oh and then realized another psychic was serious
0: or trying we'll to call be her,
1: we'll call her that yeah
0: <laughs> Wanna we'll be? call her
1: that wow but i remember uh, it was like two o'clock in the morning i was like this one was gonna make me get out of bed right now and turn the camera on me <laughs> like it was it was that bad it was really really bad well we appreciate yeah, that you're on should have joined your
0: live yeah oh
1: yeah, can, we you do yeah, can you imagine
2: as another psychic him having popping in <laughs> Hi, it's me, John. Let me, show you how, in. let me show you how it really goes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, wait, this is great. BS. Like, this woman's totally full of it. You guys should just not be here. Like, get,
2: get off. <laughs> Are, do, you, do you have opinions that you would be willing to share about other well known psychics? Maybe some that you have good, uh, great respect for?
1: Sure. Or is, I, or is I that have a taboo a, subject? I, <laughs> I will tell you who I, I, I respect in the field. I respect a woman by the name of Char Margolis. Because she's been doing this for a very, very, very long time. Um, Robert Brown is a person that I talked about from from London. I have a great respect for him, um, and respect and acknowledging someone's abilities are two different things. There are people that I know are really good at what they do, but I don't respect them because of how yeah. they choose to use it. I guess so. Okay. There's there's differences that that come up there. Um, I think one of the one of the people that have been one of the most clearest instruments doing this work is a gentleman by the name of george anderson um and then there's jonathan lewis who's also on on tiktok who i helped mentor so like clearly him um oh that's one i need to follow and in 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 in, in different fields there are different people so different modalities so what i've done is the people that i resonate with i've invited them to become verified creators on the evolve plus tv okay so that Folks, when I go, this is who I would recommend. I just go, just go to the go to the that's creator's so channel, go to the creator's channel, and just pick who you feel like you're you're resonating with. So yeah, yeah, because I've I've been doing this for so long that like I've met people that I go, they are really good, but and you know, I don't really like how they're doing it, and that's just a me thing. It's you know, yeah. some people would say there's nothing wrong with what they're doing, right? But I don't think it's I I I don't think certain things are okay because I have again I have an old school mentality when it comes to. Yeah. How do we treat the client? I and get that as a
2: nurse. There, are, there are nurses that other that patients and families think are amazing, and I'm like, mm, mm, <laughs> you know, well, um, but that's somebody's your area of amazing person,
1: right? But somebody's amazing personality is one thing, right? But that personality might translate to being technically trained correctly.
2: Correct. Yeah. They they tend to love the cheerleaders, the very happy peppy nurses and nothing wrong with that, but that's not really the goal. You know, the goal is safe right. patient care and the ability to advocate and get you what you need. Right. But right. don't even get me started on that. Yeah. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast.
0: Um, if they wanted to yeah. find you on tour, they could go to your website, correct? Which is johnedward.net to see what tour dates you have correct. coming up and um, and I really recommend like
2: going to a live show. I, I've been to one, and it was a phenomenal experience. So well, if you're thinking you. about going, please, please do.
0: Yeah. And I then want
2: to, where do you. they Check find your out. app? Just in the app store, I imagine. Yeah,
1: they can go to EvolvePlus.tv, and um, you'll see the logo. It looks like this. It's so a, it's like a a cookie, a, cookie? With a bite out of it,
2: like a Saturn yeah, a cookie. cookie.
1: It is a Saturn cookie. <laughs> yeah.
2: What's the meaning of that?
1: So the first TV show that I did was called Crossing Over, and when it debuted, it debuted on the Sci Fi Channel and the Sci Fi yes, Channel's logo is Saturn. And oh, yeah. I happen to uh-huh. love Yep. I happen to love chocolate chip cookies. So I thought I'm gonna blend both my worlds, the cookie and the Saturn, and this is like a new media like opportunity, because I get a chance to go live on here. And when we do the Jersey events, we're actually filming them as TV shows. So oh, we're going cool. to create shows that'll air on evolve plus and plus there's there's like a a, i'm i'm going after all of my books and the rights to my products again and that is going to be also an added value so when people go to my channel there's like a there's a psychic development workshop that's being released episodically that's like they were coming up on the fourth lesson but all of that together was like a 1200 hundred dollar value it's on there, part of the membership i'm getting my books back you know all of those add up, that's going to be on the. I, okay. I'm creating a, a, a hub of where all my products can exist. Yeah. So I'm going after the one by one because it's such a it's such a weird world out there and people would look for like a, a book I wrote on development called Infinite Quest, but they were selling it on Amazon for like $200 a copy. So it's either like you can't get the book and it's $200, $200 a copy on Amazon or there are books that were being sold for a quarter in like some other place i'm like oh my god this is just crazy yeah like because because i don't have a tv show so i'm not out there in the way media wise like i i once was so it's now a good time for me to pull those children home they're coming home and they're living on the app
2: well you have such a vast uh array of experience with with your lifetime of doing this, that it would be hard to get it all organized like that. So I think I think this is going to be great for you. Uh, You mentioned your daughter earlier. And I just wanted to say, I I think you must be such a proud uh, father because I was did I hear that she was going into the uh, acting world and your son was in the medical World.
1: Yeah my my son is a first year med student. I wow. knew it. I uh, told you, Erica. Yeah. 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 He's a first year med student and amazing. He, uh, he's actually working at the hospital that I used to work at, so it's really kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's doing that. He's working in as they now call it the ED, which I can't get used to. I just I know, think my brain. I know, right? My brain. It's,
2: it's still the ER. Yeah. It's right.
1: ER in my head. Um Because yeah. ED has a whole different connotation to me. So. <laughs>
2: Right, <laughs> right. That's the ED. Like, that we know when somebody, about.
1: When somebody said to me that they worked in the ED, I was like, "That's You're a like department they, now. They have a whole department. It's like a whole dedicated? department.
0: It's a whole specialty. It's a pandemic now. <laughs> Everybody's falling down, literally."
1: I believe that would be a pandemic. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: the jokes are getting better and better. It's oh my baby. god I love, that's
1: great. I love healthcare humor that's the that's that's a given Well we so, well, it's we sick and twisted you know yeah.
2: and and it's not meant for the outside non-medical world right like only yes, only cause... we get it Yeah
0: but it's a coping a mechanism of, A lot of people get mad at me you know that Erica because the, the people that aren't in healthcare hear my uh, skits and they're like how could you say that you that's know so offensive. but I'm like you're not my target audience honey Sorry. i know but
1: people people like to be offended
0: yeah yes yeah. that's they true they like to be offended erica yeah. pisses everybody off don't you erica i i do she's Constantly. making a t-shirt
2: saying it's nurse erica's fault because everything gets yeah everyone on always me.
0: blames her in nursing they just blame erica anything yeah. that it's
2: happens fault, in nursing erica. it's my fault yeah frustrating is all Pre- that pretty much yeah
1: well just well, remember every field has e- every field has ego so yes oh yeah
2: and and it's That's definitely sure. in the medical field for sure. That don't go yeah. away. Nope. Any um again. upcoming predictions for healthcare other than what you had said at oh, the beginning yeah, of twenty twenty three? Any advice for nurses? Anything along those lines? Because you know we're still struggling.
1: I I I just think the same thing that I said earlier. You know I think that people have to recognize the 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 backbone of a healthcare industry. Is nursing, like
0: yeah, thank you. Thank I, you
1: I've, I've seen it. it firsthand. Like I've watched it and witnessed it firsthand. Like what they do and how they do what they do. And 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 doctors are amazing and they spend quality time doing what they do. But the facilitators of those orders and those needs and the catching of the mistakes, all of that that goes into giving those doctors those that respect. I've been in the rooms. So I've watched it happen. Mm-hmm. You know where somebody says. Um, you know, excuse me, so and so, you know, but did you mean this or this? You know, mm-hmm. and the patient would the patient wouldn't know that. Right. But, you know, when the doctor's like, oh yes, 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 that. Uh-huh. no, and they've got four thousand patients of themselves that they have to go through. I feel bad for doctors in a whole different other field because medicine has been so corporatized that
0: yes, it has having yes.
1: a having a doctor actually spend quality time with a patient is unheard of because mm-hmm. they're giving you you know, two point yeah, two point eleven seconds in order to do your HNP with the person. So how are you really getting into, you know, history and physical for those that don't know what that is? But like, yeah, how are you getting into? How are you getting into a patient's actual issues? Right. So it's it's just really it's it's an interesting time when it comes to health. But yet you know, telehealth clinics are popping up everywhere. Mm. Everywhere, so I'm like,
2: yes. And I'm like,
1: like I'm not so comfortable with with that like no you develop, how do you build up a trust on a relationship with someone There's well a, and how a response- do you
2: really examine someone you know yeah some things are okay you can report your symptoms but how are you looking in someone's throat how are you looking in someone's ear you know you're just going to prescribe something based off m- my list of symptoms without actually examining yeah. me it's Such so a strange yeah. Yeah, and I'm, yeah,
1: And I'm still the person that's out here, you know, with mitigating COVID precautions. Like when I walk onto stage, the only time that people will see me not being what would be perceived as being safe would be me on stage. Me on stage, I'm legitimately like I walk out with a mask because I want people to see me wearing it. Mm-hmm. I put the mask, I take the mask off on stage. And then, by the way, on the stage, there are actually three filters that are happening with the CO2 monitor on every nice. stage that I'm actually nice uh, actually speaking in front of um and then i use Enovit spray before and after my my actual wow. events Good and for i you. Am still double masking on planes and i, I am I, too I want... and i
2: feel like i'm the only one i've been traveling quite a bit lately and i'm one of maybe two people on a plane wearing a mask it's so frustrating
1: yeah and i just you know i i always go back to like this one image that i was shown at the very beginning of the pandemic And that was coming out of a restaurant in Manhattan. And about 16, 20 feet in front of us was somebody who was vaping. And that vape cloud was pretty, pretty big. And when it blew back, it blew back towards us. Mm. And we had just eaten dinner. And I was like, I'm like, ew. I can taste taste great. Which Uh, meant, like, I feel like, not to be gross, guys, but, like, I feel like I just, like, licked his lung. Right. That image... Never left my mind because that's what they showed me. COVID was they equated COVID Mm -hmm. right from day one to a vape cloud. So when everybody was like, "It's it's not airborne, it's not airborne," I had everybody around me. I'm like, "This shit is airborne. Wear your freaking mask. You know, like like, wear your mask." But I'm I'm I practice universal precautions when I worked in healthcare. I practice universal metaphysical precautions in everyday life. So I'm always going to protect my. My my energetic self, as well as my physical self. So before should, there was a pandemic, absolutely. you know, I was the Lysol wipe guy cleaning the plane because people are nasty. like Me and too. Nasty, and, and they
0: don't yeah. clean those planes the way they should. Mm-mm. They're totally they don't. They're turning like them over five five so minutes. fast. No, they do not. And, and now you like get on planes and you everywhere. see trash
2: Ooh. left from the previous. Like they're not cleaning. Come on, they're not disinfecting. No, I know so it, it's so gross.
1: We have to be our own patient advocate. And that's for everything. We have to be our own patient advocate if we're in the hospital. We have to be our own patient advocate when it comes to your own, you know, health. You know, I, I'm I'm of the mindset and I know that I'm coming from a place of I worked in a hospital. So when somebody had to have their blood, you know, drawn and they were being trained, we would have our bloods done and we would have baseline testing. But I got used to that. And I got used to the fact that having baselines are really, really important. So whether I have a baseline of my blood work. Or I went for a pre-novo scan in January of this year to do a full body MRI. I think it's important for us cool. to, to know to know ourselves, like know, know your body. And don't let the fear of what may be something mm-hmm. stop you from finding out what that is. Yeah. So I think being your own patient advocate in the world that we're still living in is you need to mitigate when it comes to COVID. And so many people want things to go back to normal. And they're just not going to until people take their that part of their health seriously
2: yeah i agree well I yeah. agree. thank you so much john no, no, thank, thank you for Thanks taking for the me. time to meet with us today and for imparting not just your your abilities but your wisdom with us we, we truly appreciate, appreciate, it.
1: appreciate it and jessica you're... you got to come to an event let me know what area you're in yeah and, you know, absolutely i would come
0: love on. to i would absolutely love she's to. in florida I'm... yeah i'm in florida so uh I don't know if you. Next agree. time I'm there, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'll
2: Any more to, like, Vegas you... shows on the horizon?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't been there in a while. I, I was just invited though to come back, so I think that that's gonna that eventually will happen. I'm, I have to find out where that'll be though. Uncertain. Please
2: yet. let me you, know if you do.
1: You do a I lot be there. Australia
0: stuff, don't you? Like, you it do. Seems like it I do.
1: I do. Is it I do that a lot you of Australia. Like it,
0: or is it just both?
1: Okay. Yeah, I like. I like it and they're pretty amazing. Oh, it's a pretty amazing accents country.
0: accents are amazing. I love, <laughs> I love an Australian <laughs> accent.
1: I will, I will leave you guys with this. Every year that I went there, I always wanted to be there at the end of the year because when I came back, it was hard to read. It was hard to read in the States because the level of community that they have as a country is really awesome to feel. Oh, and I'll wow. leave you with this. I woke up once and I was there and somebody in Perth, which is like the California australia i was in sydney said hey mate i know i'm not gonna be able to get to see you in perth i know you're gonna be in sydney melbourne brisbane and perth this year have a great tour and i'm like
2: wow that's
1: so nice yeah (laughs) it's like like (laughs) like they they cared that i was actually in the country and i think that they care about everybody in the same kind of way so i think it's nice Nice. because if you too is you know performing in miami nobody in seattle cares like nobody in seattle cares if they're in miami they're going to care when they're coming closer to where where they are so i think that's kind of cool it's a good bunch of people
2: i have never been it's on my bucket list thank you you, john John. thank you so much we appreciate you you. keep doing your good work talk soon thank you guys Bye. 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 bye